Welcome everyone to the Bourbon Boys podcast. What began as three drunks writing a weekly newsletter has evolved into four drunks talking into microphones about SEC football. I am Cousin Bailey and joined as always by Malt Liquor, Gus, and our producer, Dr. Ripper. Welcome back to the Bourbon Boys. Before we get into week nine of the SEC football season, just something real quick. I get asked all the time, Cousin Bailey, how can we support the Bourbon Boys? Well, there are a few ways, actually. Number one, you can give us a good rating and review on your platform. Number two, definitely subscribe to the podcast on the platform you're listening to us. Number three, let's face it, you all know someone who likes SEC football, so share this episode and other episodes with them. Number four, you can support our sponsors. And number five, if you know of an up-and-coming business or you are an up-and-coming business, put y'all them in contact with me, Cousin Bailey, at CousinBailey at gmail.com. That's C-U-Z-Z-I and B-A-I-L-E-Y at gmail.com. Um, so I'm not going to go into the details about the standings at this point. But let's just say last year's champions reign of terror, I mean, hosting duties may be in jeopardy. Um, But for now, once again, let me turn the mic over to Gus. Yeah, it was a there was some ground uh, gained last week. Maybe it was because I was otherwise uh, I forgot the saying, but uh, yeah, I I didn't watch much football last week. Didn't do any research. Reason why? Yeah. But uh, I'm still on top. I went two and two last week. I'm a 27 and 31. So man, still four games under 500. Cuz went three and one. He's now 26 and 32. One game out. Doctor also went two and two, just like yours truly. He's at 24 and 34. Mm. And Malt Malt got a win last week. He went yeah. one and three. He is now 20 games below 500 at 19 and 39. Wowzers. Wow, not good, not no. good. So let's see what everybody's drinking. Cause man, what are you sipping on? Okay, I'm um drinking Buffalo Trace bourbon. We are the Bourbon Boys. So we'll see how much of this I how, how much of it seems like I've already had a couple. Frankly, yeah, it does. Maybe I'll switch to bourbon here a little bit later. Yeah, Malt, I also had have? a I also had a banana daiquiri earlier. Sorry. Banana daiquiri. What are you? Seven? Homemade. Are you Fredo? How do you say banana daiquiri? Banana daiquiri. I um I have for the past couple months, like on the weekends, I make one or two for my sister and I, because um that was the that that was the ingredients we had at the time, and I've I've perfected it. Today was the best one I've ever had. So, so they're frozen, right? I mean, yeah, like I with the blender, but like fresh bananas, right. fresh lime. I mean, it's we, but I mean, like we experimented with like bottled lime juice and it just was a fucking, it was awful. So fresh lime, fresh bananas, and then Bacardi rum, ice and triple sec. And it is, I nailed it. The reach, the ratio is what the concern was. Finish it off with a dried plantain and you're all good. Nice. Platino. Hmm. Well, what you drinking on, buddy? Uh, the last of the legacy lager from Coppertail. 
it'll go down my lips as like the like the drain that the Bucks season is circling around. No. Yeah, where'd you pick those up? By the way, I, I've been looking for them everywhere. Where are they at? Coppertail? Is that where you got them? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They were there in the. They were in the cooler. I don't know if they're still around, but. All right, I'll have to swing by and see if they still have them. So. Dr. Producer Dragoon. IPA. Let's roll. <laughs> Death taxes and Dragoon. There you go. And I am sipping on the same thing I was last week. I probably will switch uh, the King State, the original Green Dart. Fantastic. Yeah. Jackson Dart. Yeah, Jackson Dart. Ugh. Spears better than him. Hey, um, he's, he's just one of those guys, you know. Malt likes to say punchable face. I believe Jackson Dart qualifies for that. Uh, for that so very punchable punchable face so i think we can probably just get into the games there last week you know the gators were in a buy so any any objections anything we want to talk about first no uh no not really all right so 12 o'clock game south carolina at texas a&m a&m is a 14 point favorite so I actually did research a little bit here. I I found the time. So I'm in a little bit of a transition at work, so I have other things I can do. So South Carolina, they're two and five. They've lost their last three. They are not good. Not good at all. Their total offense, they're 81st, which is second worst in the SEC, just above Arkansas. Total defense. They're 114th in the nation, which is second worst in the SEC, only ahead of Vandy. So there's not much to talk about them. A&M, on the other hand, there's a lot to talk about. They're 4-3. and three. They're coming off a bye week. Their total defense, they're 33rd in the nation, and total offense is 42nd. I thought I was kind of surprised by those numbers, even though, you know, they are 4-3, and three, but I thought they would be a little bit lower, but they're not. Um, Jimbo Fisher, there's a lot – a lot of talk about him. He's the, I guess, the number one coach on the hot seat for all of uh, college football. Probably not going to survive the year, which apparently A&M has the, uh, has the donors to or the boosters to uh, pay off that massive buyout that he has. But just going over like his recruiting classes in 21, 22, and 23, they were 9, 1, and 10. So they should be much better than 43. I mean, he has his hosses, what, it's his sixth year here. Uh, and then through 67 games, he's 43 and 24. Kevin Sumlin is, was 45 and 22 at A&M. So Kevin Sumlin's actually, actually doing better at this point than Dumbo Fisher. However, Kevin Sumlin was arrested on his bye week this last week for DUI in Tampa, Florida. So don't know the backstory behind it. I just saw that he was arrested. He's pleading not guilty. So Kevin's he hanging out with uh, Dwight Gooden. Oh, is Gooden back in jail? Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. I, no, I just figured if he's in Tampa and getting into shit late at night, Dwight Gooden might be around. Yeah, he, he could. He, I mean, maybe possibly who knows, but I'm, sh I'm sure he spent time in the, uh, was it the Orient road prison? So, that's uh or jail, not prison, jail, Hillsborough County, Pokey. Mm -hmm. I guess he so, missed hanging out with Dr. Riffick in Tucson. So he yeah, never got a DUI he when we hung out. 
He did. Does anybody know where he's currently coaching? Maryland. High school? Nope. He's the co-offensive coordinator at Maryland. Yeah. So nice call, Doc. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so I'm shocked that Dwight Gooden's still alive. I thought that was a tongue in cheek joke. I mean, he's gotta be on a lot of people's isn't there like a game? The Deadpool. Oh, the, yeah. Deadpool, yeah. You know what I I always forget about him too? Is that he played for the Rays. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sure did. Sure you know, did. that'll be interesting for the grid, because you know, I, I he started oh, yeah. a he started a damn uh playoff game for the um Indians. I'd forgotten about that. He did? Yeah. Oh. Man. Yeah. He wasn't he was getting like it's there's like a clip on Instagram and he like was getting like terrible calls and the coach went out there and got got ejected. The Cleveland coach got ejected in the first inning, like after like maybe the first couple of batters, hmm. just because it was that egregious. I mean, you know, and and I don't, I'm no Cleveland Indian fan, but it was definitely shitty. Well, those are the Guardians now, sir. Yeah, at the time please. it was the Indians. I don't, I don't. I mean, you know, do we do we refer to Nazis as Germans in you know the 40s? I, I, I refer to them. Cha- I, I refer to them as uh, Ivy League college students. I'm not referring. Oh my god. Citizens of New York City. Yeah. Good God. Anyways, we could go on and on about that. So, with all that being said, I just thought I'd do some research, throw some stats in, pile a little bit on to Jimbo Fisher. You know, I hope I'm like stuck, right? I'd love to see him get fired, but at the same time, I don't want to see Texas A&M with all that NIL money Mm -hmm. getting an actual decent coach because then they're gonna they have an opportunity to to. I think dethrone Alabama in the West and be just a complete fucking powerhouse. But South Carolina sucks, man. They're terrible. You look at those total rankings, 81 on offense, 114th on defense. I don't care how bad A&M is. They're not that bad. They have, they at least have athletes on and Spencer Rattler is not their quarterback. I don't know if it's going to be Max Johnson or or who it's going to be, but it's not Spencer Rattler who's terrible. Um, So I'll go ahead. I think A&M wins this by 21. So on, uh, I'm kind of doing my research now. So on South Carolina's team page for ESPN it says Beamer is choosing to focus on positives for Gamecock. So that must mean he has a really short attention span. Um, the, uh, you know, they got smoked by Mizzou, gave up 42 to, you know, the Gators offense or was it 41, whatever. Um, but A&M's offense is just kind of shitty. I mean, I mean, I, I know they're rated a little bit better, but the times I've seen them play, they don't seem very dangerous. And I, I mean, I saw South Carolina play a pretty good game against Georgia. And I kind of feel like maybe Jimbo's losing that team. I don't think, I think A&M's going to win, but I think it's going to be a little bit closer. I just got a weird feeling and what the hell at this point, just, you know. Pick whoever. So I'll take the Cox on the road. Yeah, I um I, I've kind of oscillated. I, I hadn't really picked a picked a game until I was like kind of sitting right here. So I was kind of going back and forth. You both made really great really good points. Um I just think that Alabama I mean excuse me, AM's defense is that much better. I I don't like how they've laid a couple eggs this year on offense. 
but as you know, as Malt Liquor mentioned, I mean, they they did give up 41 to Florida, whose offense had been struggling. I, I think it's conceivable that they can, you know, at least score like 35 points and then just completely shut out. Let's call it 28 points and, and then really shut down South Carolina. Um, I just know that's possible. So I'm going to, I'm also going to take A&M. Mr. Producer. Uh, I'll be with them all house divide. I'll take oh. uh, South Carolina. All right. Rolling into the three thirty game. Cause. Yeah. So this is the, uh, and potentially our last CBS game of the week ever as this is the last season. And um, for reasons we'll mention later, uh, I, I, you know, Florida's not going to be on the, on this game for a while. Um, but number one, Georgia, uh, number unranked Florida in Jacksonville, as always, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. And the Georgia Bulldogs are favored 14 and a half points. Um, early, early returns. I, it might've been a glitch, but I definitely screenshot and showed y'all uh, Yahoo had Florida as a 20 point underdog. Um, and, and, it, and at the time I was like, that's such disrespect. That's horrible. And then I was like, I mean, but I guess I see it. <laughs> you know, like I kind of talked to myself into the line. I knowing full well, I was, I would pick Florida to beat that. Um, but both teams are coming off a bye. Um, the Gators are, you know, on an, on an upswing of sorts. Uh, they've, they've won two in a row against the two worst teams in the division, if not the league. Um, but they won on the road. They, they, they kind of, you know, they scored a lot of points threw the ball downfield. Um, some of the, I, I think Gus shot some holes in the, uh, in the Gators offense last week, but I, I, I won't, uh, won't let that get me down. Uh, Georgia, is without um, their amazing everyman, Brock Bowers. Um, and someone said something about the ugliest quarterback in the league is Jackson Dart. I think uh, Carson Beck, Georgia's quarterback, is the – does anyone have any opinion on that? I, it doesn't matter, but, I mean, that guy's nothing to look at. Um, but he was uh, – I think there was some – he was flirting with Florida a little bit. Um, I, I, I don't. I mean, I, I think he's coming into his own in a way. Jackson Dart. I just don't know if he's. Or excuse me, uh, Carson Beck. That's Georgia's quarterback. I just. I don't know if he's you know capable of doing this without, especially without one of his like you know like more prolific players. Um, now that being said, they've got a tremendous amount of athletes. I'm gonna say, you know, fourteen and a half is not. It's not inconceivable. I mean, Florida felt – I felt like Florida was in the cocktail party last year, and we lost by 22 points. So anything's possible. I I just feel like it's t- – you know, maybe potentially, hopefully, you know, this week off has allowed, like, our um, our defense to settle in a little bit, um, maybe get some work done, maybe learn how to tackle. Um, offense, I'm not really all that worried about. I feel like they, you know, like I'm starting to kind of feel gain a little more confidence in our coach against, albeit two of the worst teams. So, you know, we played last time, but I mean, you gotta, you gotta start somewhere. You gotta play the guy in front of you. And I, 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 if I think it's conceivable that Florida could win this game, which I kind of halfway do, then I think, I think they could possibly beat this 14 and a half and may end up just being 14 at the end of the day, but I'm going to take Florida 
against some better judgment. So you mentioned tackling. I think that's really going to be the key. Um, Florida has not tackled well the last few weeks. Georgia seems to always tackle really well. And um, we're going to have to, I think we're going to have to keep stretching the field. Um, you know, what I liked is based, I did see like that uh, football podcast guy and saw most of our plays that were successful. And we did push the ball down the field. There were a few that Mertz missed. Um, and, you know, I think obviously it, a lot of that has to do with South Carolina being terrible on defense, but not entirely. You know, we have now that we've got Trey kind of in the mix, when you got him, Pearsall, and then Boardingham kind of all on the field at the same time, that's that's objectively, you know, not bad on offense. Um, it's just I think if Florida's defense can tackle well, and play, you know, more like they did against Tennessee, then there's a chance that this gets, you know, within this line. Um, Georgia, kind of the big unknown, obviously, is, you know, a lot of the stuff they did with Bowers, they moved him, he was a Swiss Army knife. He, you know, he would run, he'd, he'd split out yeah. wide, he'd play on the line, he could block. So I think they're probably going to do a lot more, you know, 11 personnel as opposed to 12. I don't really know much about, any of their other receivers besides Ladd McConkey, but I'm sure they're studs. And so I think Beck has to have a dud for us to stay in this number. Um, and it's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, because it's been two weeks and Kirby's had some time to prepare, that makes me a little bit more nervous about taking the Gators than, than I would otherwise. Um but you know what? Fuck it. I'll I'll go with the Gators. I think we can we can keep it close. Georgia's not a team. I mean, unless Georgia just gets out like they did against us against Kentucky. I think when they feel like they have the better athletes, Kirby's inclined to be pretty vanilla. So that translates maybe to, you know, a lower spread. I would be shocked if we won. But um I'll take the Gators and that that extra half point helps too. So I'll take the Gators. Well, because you alluded to it, and Malt, you uh, you hammered it home. Tackling, mm. tackling, tackling, tackling. The Gators can't do it. They haven't shown they can do it at least the past couple weeks, which is really disappointing because I think their defense is pretty solid. They're not fast, but they seem to be in the right positions. They just can't make the tackle, which is which is a problem. Um, Malt, you already said it about. Uh, Brock Bowers you know he did everything for that team so not having him should make it a little bit easier or less hard for the Gators I hate Lad McConkey. I hate Lad McConkey. like why can't he just get like a targeting like to his head and just rips his head off like that's hmm. that's kind of what I'm going for Lad what kind of fucking name is Lad McConkie fuck off like the kid from uh, Lost Boys yeah. Laddie. Laddie. <laughs> For George, though, Carson Beck is getting better week by week. Yeah. So he I think he's getting a little bit more comfortable in the system. And is it who's there? Is it Bobo now? Is there? Yeah. Munkins so, at Baltimore now. Yeah. Yeah. Munkins at Baltimore. So that makes me a little bit happier that Munkins gone. He was a hell of a play caller. So um I just don't know, man. I don't know if I don't know. It's the tackling for the Gators that really worries me. And 
the ability to actually push the ball downfield by limp dick arm Graham Mertz. He can throw it 20 yards, that's fine, but 25, he can't. Um, but I don't know if I'd want to take any deep shots against Georgia. So I'd probably want to, you know, run more slants, um, stuff over the middle. I think that'd probably be the better game plan. And I, I honestly don't know how Georgia's front seven is. I'm sure they're spectacular, right? Because they always are. But I don't think they're as good as last year from what I've read and what I've heard. Um, so if our running attack is what it should be, then it'll be a close game. But it hasn't been that way in a couple weeks either. So even though Florida's kind of been winning here, they're not – I don't think they're that impressive. I think I'm going to have to take Georgia here. Um, just real quick, um, I forgot to mention we're having a, the annual uh, meeting of three of the four Bourbon Boys uh, this weekend. Sorry, Doctor won't be able to make it all the way from out west, but hopefully Gus and Malt can make it to Cousin Bailey's house for some barbecue. Yeah, 50 50. 50 50. That sounds good. Great. Is that uh, an open invite to all our loyal listeners to crash the party? Yes, and the address is one, two. (laughs) (laughs) One, two. Whoa, that was close. You almost gave it away. How about the... (laughs) You can turn your mic on for this one, Dr. Terrific. Change subject. (laughs) How do you feel in this game? Uh, I was really hoping Gus would take uh, Georgia so we could catch up. Uh, Yeah, I I think the Gators have a chance, so you got to take the 14 especially the 14 and a half. So the, yeah. uh, the money line is, so, uh, it's plus four fifty for the Gators to win. Wow. So before the next three thirty game, cause you said you're going to have a barbecue. That's right. So, will we have any options to put anything on our food. Well, I mean, there are some purists coming who wouldn't do anything. However, I am not one of those purists. I am a huge fan of barbecue sauce. Um, I, I like to baste it, ribs and chicken especially. Uh, and we'll also have uh, some pulled pork. So, um, And we will be providing some pandemic sauce. That's pandemic sauce company. Um, this portion of the Bourbon Boys picking the SEC is brought to you by pandemic sauce company. Amidst a worldwide pandemic and lockdown with nothing but time on his hands, a friend of the podcast started experimenting in his kitchen to occupy his time. He soon discovered a knack of combining a variety of fruit peppers with fruit juices to create some unique barbecue sauces. After sharing his sauces with family and friends, he has now decided to share them with the rest of the world and the goal to become your new favorite sauce. That's Pandemic Sauce Company, pandemicsaucecompany.com. Enter code bourbonboys at checkout for a discount. So um, all I've got left is the jalapeno apple and the mango habanero. I think I'm going to stick with the mango for the um, the butt. Um, but the jalapeno apple with chicken is outstanding. So we're going to smoke some thighs and some breasts and then pork butt. So it's going to be a great Ooh. time. All right. Bring when do you start? How, how long do you start the smoking process? I'm going to do it tomorrow and then um, warm it up. I did that last year. I warmed it up in the oven on Saturday morning. The um, I I could I, I'd have to like kind of do it overnight, or start it overnight in order to make it ready for game day or for when I want y'all to show up. And I'm just not that 
awesome about it. And I haven't used it. You know, the smoker has been kind of, I mean, I've checked it out a couple of times this summer, but I haven't used it once. It's a, not really a summer thing for me because it's so goddamn hot out there. But um, so this is the first time I'm breaking out this fall. I'm really excited. Yeah. I, uh, I did a pork butt um, a couple of weeks ago. Hell yeah. And uh, I made the mistake and I knew, I knew what I was doing. I was just praying and hoping, but I knew what I was doing. I, What'd you uh, do? I, I started it at 3 p.m. Yeah. So I didn't get to bed till 3 a.m. Yeah. You know, just because, because you can do it. Like, I know people that have done it before smoking and, and like, they'll, they'll do it the night before, but they have to wake up like every two hours to go. Check yeah. I just, on your fuel source, on the meat, like everything. So, I mean, I've got an electric pellet grill, so like I shouldn't have a problem, but I still just go out there every two hours. I mean, I don't care if it's supposed to, if I can leave town, I go in there, give the pellets a shake, you know, spritz yep. it, et cetera, et cetera. But there's just, um, I'm fine with weight. I'm fine with warming it up. I mean, it, I didn't hear any complaints last year. Now, um, I'll say, uh, I, a couple, like maybe 10 times ago, like early on in my process, I hit the uh, plateau, you know, the, uh, the temperature plateau on the oh. smoker. And I'm just like, so then you're like tempted to jack it up and you yeah. do. And then something bad happens. Or I used an, oh my God. I mean, everything's fine. No one got sick because it was just for me and my wife. But like I used a um, unreliable thermometer that said everything was cool. And it hit, it had like reached 165. That wasn't the concern. The problem was, when it's unreliable, you don't know when to pull it and then wait and then blah, 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 and then have it shred perfectly, you know? And so I, I've, I've, you know, it's a process you have to learn, you know, right. I feel like I'm a Billy Napier here talking. Um, oh, 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 speaking of Florida and speaking of Billy Napier. So I was watching this Monday conference, uh, press conference and he is, I don't, he was sick. He could clear, he clearly had a, had a cold and was sucking on a, lozenge but like he was saying he, he's changed some of his like whatever those things are called like you know those those type situations he wasn't saying right you know after every comment you know how he does that he was saying so someone would say billy what do you think about you know carson beck you know it seems like he's improving over there and he goes no right or yeah no you know he'd do one of those he'd be like yeah, no, he's great. You know, that kind of thing. He was doing, I'm just trying to like, I'm trying to get this guy down. I, I, cause I don't know what, what changed, but he's not saying, right. Like after every, maybe he's got like a, a coach, the King speech guy. I don't know what that staff's big enough, or maybe he tunes in or downloads and listens to the bourbon boys. And yeah, he's working liquor. on it. Malt liquor may have kind of sent him crying. <laughs> It's like the, the great edit by Dr. Riffick when he strung together all of our ums and uhs. Oh, and I tried I to, we're doing I've tried to work on that probably probably to no avail, but that's what I was gonna say. I don't know if I'm if we're doing better, but I'm definitely aware of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Good Until movie. I've had my fourth drink, then I kind of forget about it. Yeah, I don't care. I know I'm an alcoholic, but I'm still fucking drinking. Okay. Right. Is that the um guy? Yes. Um. Mm. Anyways, so okay, so Gus is the lone wolf. Um, lone wolf. 
And we have another three thirty game. Yeah. So I I had to get a beer for this, another beer for this one. Uh, it's uh, Berry House, the Boblina, Czech style Pilsner, which is excellent. As is everything they do, other than their IPA. But as I've always said, you don't go to a German brewery to get IPA. Um, they're actually uh, a dual Florida and Auburn brewery. Uh, so it was funny. My wife's birthday was while I was in Vegas. So we grabbed lunch in Ebor and she wanted to go by because it was a beautiful day. So we went and watched the end of the Ohio State Penn State game. Uh, marveling at James Franklin's game management, but they have cornhole, uh, whatever boards, and saw some douche walk up and avoid the Florida one. And of course, he turns around and has an FSU shirt. So anyway, fuck that guy. I hope he, hope he got splinters in his hands. But anyway, uh, all of that prologue is much more interesting than this game. Mississippi State at Auburn. Auburn is a six and a half point favorite, somewhat inexplicably at home. They are working on a four game losing streak. They're three and four overall. Uh, just got bounced by Ole Miss, Crooked Hughes' old team, Ole Miss. Whereas Mississippi State, won last week despite scoring only seven points. Uh they benched Will Rogers. Did they bench him or was he hurt? He's hurt. 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 Is he is he still hurt? Oh boy, I maxed out my knowledge. Sorry. Let's ask the Googles. The University of Google? Does the Pirate Slayer Will Rogers <laughs> pop up when you Google Google doesn't even care. Um it doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter. I could play quarterback, and I wouldn't take Auburn laying six and a half. They just aren't good, and neither is Mississippi State. But I've gotten every game wrong. I mean, I've gotten a lot of games wrong this year, but I think I've missed every game involving both these teams. So at least that streak will end. Um, I'm going to take Mississippi State just for no other reason than if it's two teams that suck, take the points. So that's what I'm doing. So I don't have much to say on this game. Uh, I'm glad I didn't watch that Mississippi State uh, Arkansas game last week. I saw the text, but I'm very happy mm-hmm. I did not watch it. And you know, Mississippi State, um, or I'm sorry, Auburn, kind of. It looks like they held it held their own against Ole Miss. I don't know if just Ole Miss had an off game or if it's just one of those Lane Kiffin eggs that he lays but uh i'm gonna go with auburn here just because malt's taking mississippi state i didn't know who to take smart whoever malt's picking i'm i'm not picking them so i'll take auburn yeah like no no yeah or yeah no um i i had the pleasure mispleasure of watching the arkansas mississippi state game i had some things going on on saturday oh went to the rowdies playoff loss saturday night that was awesome um but i did get to catch enough of this game where i was kind of hoping and praying that arkansas would finally turn around like i kept turning it on and seeing like a complete pass or something by kj jefferson and then and then an eventual punt and it was it was extraordinarily frustrating game to watch um mississippi state 
scored seven points, whereas Arkansas scored three. Um, Auburn, they did beat or they, they, excuse me, created a push with uh, less than a minute to go against Ole Miss last year, last week. Um, Ole Miss was up 14 and uh, their backups just let Auburn just go right down the field uh, and score a touchdown. And then, you know, I'd say it was meaningless, but um, you know, there was an onside kick opportunity at the very least with a minute to go. Uh, So Auburn, they scored, I mean, for all intents and purposes, they scored two touchdowns in that game, which is kind of freaking me out because this game could be another one of those like really gross offensive situations. I think the only saving grace I have now is that I think uh, Auburn could possibly pull like a backdoor cover uh, late in the game. Uh, Cause six and a half, I mean, it's, we're talking about a touchdown here. I mean, this really shouldn't be that difficult considering Mississippi state's so bad, but Auburn's so bad, but they gave George, they did okay against Georgia a couple weeks ago. I'm going to go ahead and go with Auburn. I, uh, I think, it, I think it's possible. They're going to, they're going to score like a late TD. Maybe put this game away. Oof, oof. So just a quick update. I, it doesn't say if he's out or not. But this article that I have up on MSN.com, they talk about Auburn being in a slugfest because uh, Mike Wright is a dual threat quarterback. Hmm. So I'm guessing Rodgers is still out. Dual threat. I mean, can you call yourself a threat if you score seven points? I don't know. I mean, is that... And he came from Vandy. He was a quarterback at Vandy. So, yeah. So, Mississippi State's coach is so dumb. He's getting players, not like defensive players, non-defensive players from Vandy. Yes. Okay. Cool. Just wanted to double check on that. Thanks. Mr. Producer. Uh, Anchor down. I'll take Auburn. (laughs) All right. (laughs) On an island with Mississippi State. I need doesn't to feel good, does it, sir? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, 7 o'clock game. Tennessee Volunteers heading to the crown jewel of the SEC mm. under the lights. Kentucky, three-and-a-half point underdogs at home. 52-and-a-half is the over-under. Both of these teams are 5-2. and two. Kentucky hasn't won a game since they beat Florida. So they're 0-2 in their last two. Both these teams, when you look at their total offense and total defense, are actually pretty close. Kentucky is 45th overall on total offense. Tennessee is 44th overall on total offense. Total D, Tennessee is actually better. They're 30th in the nation, while Kentucky is 57th in the nation. Joe Milton, Tennessee, he's uh, – I, I don't know what happened in the Alabama game. I actually was on a break from my ball tournament. It was in between rounds. And I saw like the last three minutes uh, of the first half looked like Tennessee was in total control. Apparently that didn't happen. Did Milton fuck up? No, they just kind of got steamrolled. Okay. Yeah. Bama, Bama just looked like the best team in the country. Oh, it, just, okay. it was kind of, I, I, I mean, I was, I was whatever. I, I, I hate Tennessee. Like I heard, I heard so much, you know, like Bama hate, but I just was like, I, I can never root for Tennessee. I never will. I guess unless they play Florida State in the championship in 99. 
or whatever year that was. But like uh ninety-eight. I um yeah, I, I was shocked. I mean, they turned it on. It looked they looked like I mean they're the running game. I don't know if I don't know if um Milrow looked great, but I mean, you know, they looked like they were just steam exactly steamrolled them. It's wild. Okay. Because Milton, I mean, he's got a you know a three to one touchdown to interception ratio. He's got twelve and four on the year. Meanwhile, Kentucky's quarterback Devin Leary, he's two to one. He's got fourteen touchdowns, seven interceptions on the year. So obviously, I think, and I mean, even if I didn't look at that, I'd probably give Milton a nod, even though I don't think he's a great quarterback. I don't think Devin Leary's good at all. Both these teams' backfields are pretty good. Ray Davis is averaging one hundred thirty-nine games from scrimmage. 139 yards per game from scrimmage, which is pretty impressive. Um, so that kind of makes me think when you say they got steamrolled by Bama, that they ran the ball really well against uh, Tennessee's D. So that, like, like I said, that's pretty impressive. However, there's no really one standout back from Tennessee. However, three of their running backs combined are averaging 217 yards per game, which is 17th in the nation. So they can run the shit out of the ball. And besides the Florida game, I haven't really watched Tennessee this year. And that kind of surprises me knowing it's Josh Heifel. And I mean, I guess he's quick. Maybe he does call a lot of run plays. I don't know, but it seems like they run the ball really well. Tennessee or not Tennessee, Kentucky. Like I said, they're two straight losses. Like this is like, man, I don't know. But then again, Tennessee coming off that loss to Alabama. And if they got steamrolled, Bama may have broke them. Oh, this is a tough one. This was this was really hard for me because Kentucky's at home. If this was in Knoxville, I'd I'd take Tennessee in this line all day long, but it is at the crown jewel. I'm gonna kick myself in the ass for doing this. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Kentucky here. I think the Wildcats win outright. So this this will make you feel better. I'm, I'm gonna take the other side of this. Uh I think uh, Kentucky's yeah. doing what they do, which means they beat Florida and then just kind of fuck up the rest of the year. Um Tennessee owns them. So Kentucky's won three of the last 11 and not a whole lot more. They had, yeah, Tennessee just, I think it's like 64 to 12 or something, uh, the overall rivalry. But um, 82, 26, and nine, sorry. Um, But I, I think, I don't know. The second half of that Alabama game was just a little bit, it was weird. And um, Tennessee ran the ball with pretty good success in the first half. And they, I, I just don't know what happened. Um, maybe Alabama made some great adjustments or, or what, but I just, I don't, I trust Milton a lot more than Leary and I don't really trust Milton. So that tells you what I think of Leary. I, I just think Kentucky's lost their edge. I think Tennessee's got a, you know, decent run defense good pass rush. Um, so, uh, so I'm going to take the balls. Yeah, I, I'm going to take the balls as well. I, everything uh, malt liquor said is accurate, but I think it also comes down to Kentucky. Just, I, I mean, it, it's nice that they had a week off, but they looked like ass against uh, Missouri the week before, I believe. And now, I mean, I'm not suggesting that any team is as good as Missouri, but I am saying that I think Tennessee is a little bit more 
battle hardened with positive play. I'd say, and maybe this could be the road game that Milton finally figures it out. Tennessee. 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 So I have come up with the formula to picking Tennessee for the rest of the year for me. Uh, I will now be searching out all-you-can-eat buffets. If I see one I like, and it stands out to me, I'm going to take Tennessee. So I found at 837 Chevy Chase Place in Lexington, Kentucky, is the Oasis All-You-Can-Eat Buffet. Ooh. I'm all on. Of... Oh, it's just all you. It's everything. Mixed grill, kebabs, shawarma, you know. Oh. Yep. It's it's all over the place. So Hypel's going to be rolling. I'll take the volunteers. I used to go to an Indian buffet in Jacksonville when I was in law school. It was usually like on a Saturday or Sunday because there's a good be, there's a good so. one uh, in Feather Sound, the front of Feather Sound. Deccan Indian? Spice, yeah, Indian buffet. All right, so Lone Wolf Ooh. again, second time. Ooh. That was close. You guys are uh, you guys might gain some ground. Well, because you already have. Mm. Uh, last game of the week, seven thirty. Cuz, yes. So Vanderbilt traveling to Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss is a twenty-five and a half point favorite, and I say that because it's a humongous number for an in-conference game. Um, this is a pseudo rivalry, and by that I mean, geog- how about this geographical rivalry? Um, uh, Nashville is. It's not terribly close to Ole Miss, but they had, they, for, for a time, <clears throat> for a time, they were playing this game at, uh, I want to say they, they played it at uh, the Liberty bowl or something or whatever. Anyways, long story short, this game has been known to cause some fits for Ole Miss. Um, let's just put it this way though. The only team that didn't score at least 28 points on Vandy this year was Alabama A&M. Um, Vandy has a very much wasted bye week. That's a, a cousin Bailey coined phrase. While Ole Miss was struggling to put away Auburn on the road, um, the game was made closer, as we mentioned earlier, by the late score. Um, I think this number is huge. And while I don't think the game will be in doubt, um, Vandy dropped 20 on Uga a couple weeks ago, and they're supposedly the best team in the country. Um, I think I'm going to take the doors to beat the spread, but I, I don't think it's ever going to be close. And I might be a little gun shy from Auburn having the backdoor cover left last week. I can't say that Auburn or that Vanderbilt is, has anything, you know, resembling an, a great offense or a good offense per se, but, um, maybe Ole Miss will give them the same, the same treatment they gave Auburn the week before, you know, put their backups in and just let them go down the field. So. That's what I'm relying on. Yeah, uh, I honestly have no idea. I, this game could go either way. And other than Ole Miss losing, they're not going to lose. But you know, I could see Vanderbilt putting together an effort that keeps it within 20, um, or you know, Ole Miss being up 20 at the half and just smoking them. Uh, Ole Miss really hasn't since that LSU game. Their offense has been a little less explosive, but I think they're going to 
get it back for some reason. So I'm I'm with you. I'm or actually I'm going going the opposite side. I'm going to take the uh, the home favorite to uh, cover this big number. I would never bet this. So I already rattled off South Carolina, 114th ranked in the nation defense. The only team in the SEC worse than them is Vanderbilt. This is a game where Lane Kiffin is licking his chops to throw the ball all over the field and to just push push someone's shit in because he can do it against Vandy. And I don't think he'll take his foot off the gas. I think he's just going to, especially after um, the last two weeks, like he wants an explosion of offense. He can do it against Vandy. Vandy, I don't think, has the horses to to even come close to this. Maybe when their end zones are fixed, they'll be better. I doubt it, but give me uh give me the lane train. Anchor broke. Yeah. Oh, I don't like. I don't feel comfortable taking Vandy. It's just. Oof. How about the doctor producer? Uh, anchor down. It's too high of a number. They it's a high beaten, number. They haven't beaten anybody by that much this year. So. Hell no. Nah. Except then they score 70 in week one. SEC opponents. I see what you're saying. So that's the end of the slate for this week. Uh, a couple teams on buys. So only five games. But there are, man, it's actually not that great of a week for, for football, for college football. There's two other games that see ranked opponents against each other. Both are at 330. One, even though they're ranked, uh, and if they were playing at a different time than the Gators, I probably still wouldn't watch it. But that would be Duke and Louisville. I have no, no interest in that game. Duke's 20 in the nation. Louisville's 18. So no interest in that. The other game, though, I am interested in, I think it'd be a pretty fun game to watch, is the stupid fucking Oregon Ducks are headed to Utah. Uh, Oregon's 8 in the country. Utah's 13. Both teams are 6-1. and one. I think Utah's going to win, man. I just... I, I love Whittingham. I love their program. I mean, they beat us earlier. They kicked the shit out of us, but I don't know. I still really like Utah. They're tough. Uh, they play tough. Yeah, they play tough. You like you know you're gonna get you're you're gonna get in a fight in a brawl. You're gonna come out fucking sore, hurting, bloody nose after the game. It's gonna be a really, really fun game. So um I know we won't be watching it this week, but if they weren't playing at the same time as the Gators, I would definitely be tuning into this one. Can we talk about how lucky FSU's been this year? Yeah, oh, I was going to say. I mean, granted, okay, the kick – I mean, they were on the ropes, down 10, kickoff return, and then Duke's quarterback re-injures his ankle, and then it was over. But yeah, they're – I mean, maybe they're just gearing up for a big Gator win uh, at the end of the year. But is Wake any good? No, they're four and three. They're they're not good. Yeah. Um, yeah, the thing about because like I so on Sunday morning I played golf. Um Fancy. and of course one of my seven AM tea times. And um it was I played with two guys that went to FSU. Ugh. Awesome. Right. And they were just talking about how Florida State poured it on in the second half. I'm like, well, Duke's quarterback got hurt. He's like, Well, he doesn't play defense. I was like, yeah, but Duke couldn't stay on the field. It was three and out every fucking time. So, yeah, their backup looked like completely deer in headlights. Yeah, they couldn't. I mean, the defense, the, the Duke defense looked 
like very good at the beginning of the game. But when they when the offense couldn't stay off the field and they just Florida State had time of possession. I mean, basically the whole second half, like game over, man. Like no defense is going to be able to handle that. So I think they got extremely lucky this weekend. Yeah, I agree. They suck. Scumbags. Yeah, I I I'm tired of these like skinny quarterbacks that drop back and then I mean it's like there's got to be a way to stop them. I mean, you know, like Florida State, LSU's guy, um, it's it's something that like kind of keeps me up thinking like you know like you can you think you have this guy contained i you know i mean i a testament to how um decent i think a player is is how much i would be not upset if he had to miss our game as for an injury you know what i mean like Brett Bowers for example very very good am i losing any sleep that he's going to have a phenomenal fo- you know career he just needs a little rest no i'm not this week Travis for Florida state. Um, I, I just don't know where like this, he just comes across as like the skinny high school quarterback and he breaks off these really, really impressive plays. Um, But in, in, in a lot of them seem to happen on third down. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Duke was like getting them to third and long and then they blow it and, and they need a stop blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, I mean, once you realize their quarterback wasn't doing anything with the ball, I mean, they, they could stop stop them all day long. Nothing was going to happen. But it was frustrating. But there was also that sense you got when Florida State drove down the field 90-something yards and took the lead. I, I mean, I think – I I'm not sure if I sent it to your text group or another – I mean, y'all's text group or another one, but it was like game over. This game is over. You just know it is. Yep. So. So Florida State's 20 and a half point favorites according to ESPN over Wake. Yeah, they're not going to lose. So. so then they have Pitt and then Miami. Crystal Ball. And then North Alabama, then us. So, I mean, Pitt's terrible too. Yep. So, I mean, they could maybe lose to Miami, but I don't know. That's uh that's in Tallahassee that game. Yep. Alan Nasty. How about uh I mean Dab Clemson just I feel oh. like they're back to like the Clemsoning era. Did you all see no. any of that game? No. They just no. they just I sucked. Even, I didn't even know they were playing Miami. Yeah. Yeah, Dabo uh they lost in they lost in overtime. They're up ten in the fourth quarter. Blow blow that lead. Had like the lamest overtime possessions I've ever seen, and then lost. Yeah, Dabo might be might not be long for uh, Clemson. So he's getting some uh, some pushback from the fan base. So. Yep. Wonder what he's gonna do after that. Do you hire him? Uh, not how he fucking he doesn't use the transfer portal, and that's what it's all about these days. Yeah, I think his time is coming past. Yeah. Yep. But I mean, but it's all about evolution. I mean, freaking Saban ev- evolves. Yeah, he's got to have Dab- ten years. Dabo ain't wait. gonna survive. Ain't gonna evolve. Nope. It'll be a good. Saban's intelligent. Dabo ain't. Yeah, he'd be a like, good group I, of five coach. I could see Dabo almost being like Mark Richt, 
where he left Georgia and then went to a used to be powerhouse and then fails. Like, I'm trying to think like where that would be like powerhouse. Iowa was never a power. Well, Miami was a powerhouse, right? No, no, no. no. Oh, I'm trying yeah. to think of like a current. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of like a current failed powerhouse. Like, I mean, I mean, Matt rules at Nebraska, so not there. Matt rule will probably have a good four years before he's run out of there. A and M from Jimbo to Dabo. There you go. It could oh be A and M, or that would be awesome if he went to fucking A and M. Like that would be awesome because they would, would still suck. Yeah, that exactly. Well, I don't know, like with top ten teams, but with the guys leaving all the time. Yeah. 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 I hate NIL. I mean, I'm happy for the kids, don't get me wrong, but I hate what it's turned to. Eh, I don't want to sound like an old curmudgeon. Okay, boomer. Yeah. So you don't like realignment either, huh? What's realignment? Conference realignment. Isn't next year, aren't we just doing pods or something weird? Or what are we doing in the SEC? I don't think that's been announced yet. They've announced our schedule, though, right? Which is a freaking murderer's row. Yeah, I don't think they've announced, like, how they're going to divide it. Okay, well, that will do it for the Bourbon Boys podcast. I want to thank our sponsor, Pandemic Sauce Company. That's pandemicsaucecompany.com. Enter code BourbonBoys at checkout for a discount. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, follow, and share this episode with your friends. Next week, the Bourbon Boys will be picking the SEC Week 10. Um, look for the Gators to host a blackout party in the middle of the afternoon. Any last thoughts, fellas? Fuck the dogs. Go Gators. Fuck the dogs. To hell, to hell, to hell with Georgia. So for Malt Liquor Gus, our producer, Dr. Riffick, I am Cousin Bailey saying go Gators. Go get drunk. and. Well,